Meeting for Learning in the Age of COVID-19. Brought to you by the University of Wisconsin-Madison Leadership for Social Justice Cohort Program. And welcome to the culturally relevant segment of the 844 podcast series, the show that addresses the relation of technology, leadership, and learning. We're your hosts, Alicia, Edie, and Paula. And today we're going to talk about culturally relevant pedagogy with some experts in the field. We'll discuss the history and challenges of culturally relevant pedagogy during this multi-pandemic of 2020. That includes COVID-19 and racial divisiveness, among other things, and offer listeners some insight into becoming more culturally relevant. During this podcast, we will define cultural relevance, then discuss the challenges we face in using this pedagogy during the time of COVID, and conclude with practical recommendations for the classroom. So how do we know culturally relevant pedagogy when we see it? We asked four experts to give us their take. First, we talked with Dr. Gloria Ladson-Billings, who, as a professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, coined the term culturally relevant. Dr. Ladson-Billings describes the notion of culturally relevant teaching in her book, The Dreamkeepers, as using student culture in order to maintain it and transcend the negative effects of the dominant culture. In her interview, Dr. Ladson-Billings discussed her contributions as an education researcher in the field. So my role is in many ways is putting the concept out there uh, for people to think about and try to understand. But as I remind people all the time, there's not a bunch of teachers walking around with t-shirts that say culturally relevant. They don't, they think of their work as this is how you teach. Becca Robbins, a classroom teacher at Van Heys Elementary in Madison Metropolitan School District, shared her thoughts about what culturally relevant pedagogy is. For me, I think culturally relevant pedagogy is so much about like creating conditions where kids feel like they can fully authentically be themselves and that their full authentic self is really celebrated and raised up and seen and honored. I want to create a classroom where all my kids feel that. Kaylee Jackson, the Executive Director of Curriculum and Instruction in MMSD, emphasized what culturally relevant teaching is really about. It's really less about the content and it's more about the heart, the delivery, and the person. And so when I think about culturally relevant pedagogy, I think first, how culturally relevant is the person? How culturally relevant is that teacher? How culturally relevant is that leader? How culturally relevant is your heart? And the instructional coach at MMSD's Blackhawk Middle School, Kate Jorgensen, helped us define what culturally relevant pedagogy is not. I see people miss the mark because they use culturally relevant material in a like gimmick sort of way, or they use it like one and done. This is Edie, here to discuss some of the challenges that teachers face in the classroom when it comes to culturally relevant pedagogy. While many of us are moving away from the physical space of the classroom during the time of COVID, 
we are faced with even more challenges to making our teaching culturally relevant. As Dr. Ladson Billings points out, I don't want to be disparaging, but some people weren't doing that well face-to-face -face with kids. And then to put them in a virtual space just made it that much worse because they did not change their pedagogy to meet the technology. If you weren't doing a good job face-to-face, -face, I'd be surprised if you were doing, quote, a good or better job in a virtual environment. Kaylee reiterates these challenges and how they relate to the opportunity gap. Being culturally relevant is hard in and of itself, period, before we even got to this virtual land, hence our opportunity gap, right? That is alive and well. And then the second piece is this piece around virtual learning is just another added complexity, right? We haven't figured it out face-to-face -face and, 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 and you know, virtual learning isn't making it any easier. We acknowledge that culturally relevant pedagogy was challenging in person, and we have added an extra layer of technology that Ladson Billings zeroes in on. Yeah, no, I think it's always hard when you can't um, sort of sit down and look someone in the eye. You can't sort of take their temperature and see where they're at. Um, and also what you miss is the chemistry of the classroom. Everybody's in their own little box as opposed to 27 people in one setting, which creates an interesting and often powerful dynamic. Another challenge that all of our interviewees brought up was the challenge of increasing rigor while centering students and relationships. Kaylee makes a case for not focusing on relationships to the exclusion of academics. One of the hardest things is interrogating our hearts, interrogating our practices, and seeing culturally relevant pedagogy and practices as being like, yeah, we want to relate to our students. We want to have like strong communication. We want to have like good engagement. And we need to keep a high bar of expectations, of rigor, and of excellence right? It can't be so many times, and this is what we're falling in right now. <laughs> so many times what happens is, is our expectations start to slide. Our expectations for student uh, rigor, for um, materials, for tasks, it starts to slide, right? Because we think we're being culturally relevant, so we're like hugging our children, right? But we need to be, we need to be careful not to hug them right into poverty. So what are the solutions to our problems? This is Paula. Given these challenges, how are we going to sustain cultural relevance during this multi-pandemic? We have lots of recommendations from all of our guests. Here's Becca telling us why now is time to innovate in our teaching practices. I feel like I'm recreating the wheel every day, like for what I'm gonna do. And I think it's easy as like, I've been teaching for 15 years, it's been a while. Sometimes you fall into those ruts of this is the thing I always do. Um, and as we're having to recreate the wheel anyway, it gives moments to try to recreate the wheel better. Um, so like, can I find a better text to teach this with? Can I find a way to make this more inclusive? Because I can't grab something from my files. Like, <laughs> I've got to start over anyway. So can I make the most of all of that starting over? And can I try to make things better for my kids? And trying to do that where you can, when you're not too swamped.
Another recommendation from Gloria is about embracing the opportunity to fully include technical services in this work. For the most part, we've seen IT as those people over there on the side who I call when my internet doesn't work or when I, something happens with my email. They are now going to move to the center and it's gonna be there even when we go back. Because I think if we're smart, we've learned some important things about the role of technology in teaching. So I think now our tech IT people are much more partners than resources. They are, they are responsible for helping us better do uh, instructional work as opposed to just the technical work. Kaylee discusses the importance of creating a culturally relevant heart. What does it take to create a culturally relevant heart? Um, First and foremost, it takes, and I think this is the hardest part, right? Is like, it takes a person who is willing to learn and to listen. It takes a person who is willing to say, I might not be right. <laughs> it takes a, will, a person who's willing to say, there might be another way. There might be something different what I have been doing could actually not be helping. I've had to like challenge my own heart, right? Like how do I show up as a black woman? How do I show up as a mixed woman, right? When have I decided to speak up and when have I decided to be quiet, right? Um, and I think that it takes, you have to be, a, a culturally relevant heart is one that isn't afraid to, challenge itself. Talk to people. Talk and listen to the cultures that you were trying to serve, right? Don't be the spokesperson for them. Don't do that. Don't say what you think they want. Don't do that. Um, actually listen to what they're saying and then follow through. Kate touches on the impact of radical love and how we need to have the strength to give that love. Um, I would say that radical love matters and could make a big difference. Um, the ways in which we like love ourselves and love the people around us and love our students and like really deeply care about them. Um, and I think that just takes like a lot of self-work. And so like as adults, if we're not in places in like healthy spaces or places emotionally or mentally, that radical love can be hard to enact with youth. Um, so attending to ourselves, I think is really, really important. Cultural relevance in the time of COVID is critical. And now is a chance to rethink our long-standing approach to education. We'd like to leave you with some closing remarks from our guest. Becca emphasizes the importance of taking care of ourselves first. People always say like, you can't fill from an empty cup. And I think right now while we're trying to do this online and we're all working so many hours and we're trying so, so darn hard to make this work, um, remembering to have some time to be a little bit gentle with ourselves and figure out how to make sure that we're okay because we cannot do anything good for anyone else or our students if we're not. Kate highlights that this work is continuous. 
stay hungry and humble, right? Like we all need to have some passion and drive. Um, so staying hungry is important, like keeping our creativity alive, our intellect alive during this time is challenging. Um, but I think it's important. Um, and also staying humble. So like, you know, if we think we've um, had an experience that was meaningful for students, it's important to share it, but to not think that we've like reached the end goal. Kaylee describes the importance of continuing to interrogate our practices and be willing to change them. Clearly, what we've been doing hasn't been working. The end, right? So like if what we've been doing hasn't been working, then we got to stop and we got to challenge our thoughts and the ways we've been doing things. Maybe perhaps the way we've been thinking and doing stuff is wrong. The sole responsibility does not live within a school and it doesn't live with an instructional coach and it doesn't live with a principal, right? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. It lives with the human being. It lives first with who you are, who cares what your profession is, right? Like doing this identity work, interrogating your heart, your soul, your actions, your practices, your beliefs, your whatever, that makes you a better human, not only in the classroom. Dr. Gloria Latson-Billings leaves us with the reminder that this pandemic is an opportunity. The good news is it is a portal. We can be one way on that side and we have an opportunity to be somewhere, something different on the other side. Some themes that interwove among our guests included a focus on balancing relationships and rigor, taking opportunities to innovate, and constantly interrogating ourselves in order to develop a culturally relevant heart. We'd like to thank all our guests and all of our listeners. Stay relevant. Looking for more info? Check out the four full interviews at our website, Leading for Technology in the Age of COVID.